Hi, I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer. And this is another episode in our series entitled, There's a Form for That. And I'm joined once again by Camden Schutte. Camden, who are you? Uh, I'm Camden Schutte, the designated broker for Cobalt Banker 360 team and 360 property management on Whidbey and Fidalgo Island. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. We're talking today about Form 1, like the listing forms, Form 1S, as in subagent. This is a form that a lot of you don't know about, but all of you should probably be using from time to time. We can't have this discussion in a meaningful way unless you know who you represent in a transaction. Camden, you want to take it from here and tell us who, who, who does a broker represent in a transaction? Well, without a written agreement, we all represent mm -hmm. the buyer. And that written agreement with the seller is usually the listing agreement, which we oftentimes forget is between the seller and the listing firm. The listing firm then has to appoint an agent to represent that seller. Without that, you represent the buyer. That's right. And the appointment of the listing broker happens in paragraph two of the listing agreement. You don't have to put a lot of thought into that. You're going to fill as a listing broker, you're going to fill out paragraph two. You're going to identify your firm's name. You're going to identify your name. And when the seller signs that your firm has appointed you as a seller's listing broker. So in that scenario, the listing firm, designated broker for the listing firm, and the listing broker yep. represent who? The seller. The seller. Does anybody else in the firm represent the seller? Technically, a managing broker with a delegation agreement could. Okay. Um, but no other broker in that firm <clears throat> without that represents the seller. So what Camden just said is if the listing broker has a managing broker who supervises them, that, that means that there's a delegation agreement between the designated broker and that managing broker. It doesn't happen just because, just because somebody calls themselves a team leader, for example, doesn't make them a listing broker's managing broker. And just because they have a managing broker's license doesn't make them, give them that delegation. Right, there has to be a delegation agreement. So what Camden just said is, if there's a listing broker who has a managing broker supervising them through the authority of a dele delegation agreement, and then on top of that, above that person, uh, there is a designated broker, then in that scenario, the only people who would be agents of the seller with the listing agreement signed would be the listing broker, their supervising managing broker, and the designated broker. Yep. Nobody else in the whole firm represents the seller, correct? Correct. All right. <clears throat> Let's play out a few scenarios. Yep. I'm that listing broker. You're my designated broker. I'm going on vacation. Yep. Good for you. Thanks. What's your suggestion to me before I leave, designated broker? My first question is going to be, who's covering for you? Is oh. there anybody who's going to cover your listing for you and work with your client while you're gone? My friend Sarah, my invisible friend Sarah, is going to cover for me. So as we just said, she doesn't <clears throat> represent the seller because she hasn't been appointed. So how, do we, how can we appoint her? And that's where we have a form for that. That's the 1S. So if you're going on vacation, you need to use a form 1S to appoint and I have to sign it as the designated broker to appoint Sarah to represent that seller, or she actually represents the buyer of that. Okay. Would that be bad if she was representing the buyer and I was on vacation? Well, if she's supposed to be helping the seller, there's most likely an expectation from that seller, the same expectation they have of you for confidentiality and other representation that she would not be offering them. Okay. So from the very beginning of this relationship, what should I as a listing broker do? I know I'm going on vacation. 
uh, let's say I've talked to Sarah. Sarah, would you help me cover my business while I'm gone? Yep. Sarah says yes. My next conversation needs to be with whom? Your seller. My seller. And I need to make sure my seller knows I'm going to be gone. Sarah's going to be covering for me. Correct. And that's okay with the seller? Yep. Okay. All right. We'll say we've done that. Now, Sarah and I, our next conversation is with? Your designated broker, your managing broker. Okay. And then it's likely the designated broker or it could be the listing broker who pulls out the Form 1S. Yep. And through that Form 1S, the designated broker, by marking a box, makes an appointment of sub-agency. In this case, it would be to make Sarah the sub-agent of the seller. And would she also be the sub-agent the sub or would she eliminate me? Would I be gone as a sub-agent? No, you both would be representing the seller. <clears throat> so you, it would be similar to a co-listing situation. And as a designated broker, I would hope the listing broker completes the form, brings it to me to review and sign, and then takes it to their client to sign. Okay. Does the seller have to sign that form in order to make it effective? I believe so. I'd have to look at the form, but... Well, I'm going to hand you the form. Yep, I do have I'm it. I'm right. pretty sure the seller has to sign. So I'm just going to cut to the chase and say, nope. this is one form that's unique because the when the seller signs a listing agreement, they give the, the designated the, broker. Sure. A, yeah, a so the seller doesn't have to sign it. The listing broker, the sub-agent who's being appointed, so you, Sarah, and myself as the designated broker would be the ones to sign. You're going to sign it, but the form does state on it that, that you should advise the seller, Absolutely. of course, of who's representing them. Okay, so if I'm the listing broker, why would, I'm only going to be gone for two weeks. This property may not sell in two weeks. Yep. So do I now have to share my commission with Sarah, even if, it does, if the property doesn't sell for three months? That's between you and her to discuss what compensation and keep in mind, any compensation she receives must go through the firm. And you've done some videos, on, uh, great videos on that. You can't pay it directly to her. It has okay. to go through the firm for re that real estate okay. activity. And you can use the 1S to set it for a specific amount of time. It's not indefinite. Okay. So we can use the 1S to say that it either is indefinite or it's for a specific amount of time, right? Correct. So we can say that she's just covering for me while I'm gone for two weeks. Yep. And then she's no longer the sub-agent of the seller. Correct. Right? Okay. So let's play that out. Let's say Sarah's covering for me. Uh, she shows the property while she's the, the agent for the seller. She holds an open house, she shows the property. A buyer comes through, she shows the property. Yep. In that scenario, she's representing the seller exclusively, correct? Correct. I come back from vacation. She, her two-week appointment of sub-agency is expired. Yep. A week after I come back, that same buyer calls her and says, I'd like to buy that property. Yep. Who's Sarah representing? She's representing that buyer. However, it's just like if you had a listing that then either terminated or expired, and then you come back and represent the buyer. Anything you learned during that period must be kept confidential. She can't take that information she learned during the two-week period and go use it to help the buyer. There's still that obligation of confidentiality. But at that point, there's no appointments as a representative of the seller. She represents that buyer. He's pretty, you're right. That's exactly right. Um, you mentioned an open house. That's another scenario. Okay. I think a lot of times that we forget to get seller's permission as the listing broker to have another broker hold that home open. What if the seller's not okay with them, a buyer's representative holding my home open and I want them to represent me as the seller? It's another opportunity to use the one F's. Okay. So again, it comes down to conversation, yep. right? Listing broker, you're going to have a conversation with the seller. We're going to hold your house open like you'd asked this weekend. I can't be there. I've got to be wherever. Um, but my friend Sarah is going to hold it open. 
Do you think seller is going to assume that Sarah is representing the seller in that scenario? I would think so. I would think so too. So listing broker, you have to be clear in that scenario. Sarah doesn't represent you. Sarah represents any buyer who comes through. And this isn't crazy seller because it would be no different than if a buyer just, if a buyer broker simply brought a buyer into your home, they don't represent you either, even though they're showing your home. And seller may say, that's fine. As long as my house is held open, I don't, uh, that's fine with me. It's somebody you trust. So that's good, right? Right. Or the seller might say, that doesn't feel right. If you're holding an open house for me, I want you to represent me. Great. There's a form for that, right? Exactly. And it's form 1S. Yep. And it could just be for that one day. <clears throat> right. One more scenario. Uh, Sarah and I are on a team and you're our team leader. Yep. Okay. And whatever that might mean, you're our team leader because teams are not defined in the license law and team right. leader isn't defined in a license law. So whatever that means in our team arrangement, you're our team leader. We have a team meeting. I have just secured this listing, which I'm really excited about. And I come back and I tell the team during the team meeting, hey, great news. I just listed this property. Seller is really anxious. We're listing it at X, but they are negotiable because they just got a job reassignment. Right. Okay. That I would say no. Would you? Would they have been? Would any of your team members remember? They're representing the buyer unless you've appointed them. They're representing the buyer. You're disclosing confidential information that could be a detriment to your seller in negotiation, and therefore you're, you're really violating your agency your duty to them. Absolutely violating agency. I, I just released confidential information. It's unlikely the seller said, list the property here, but go out and advertise that we're negotiable. Bring a lower offer. That's not what any seller says. The seller says, we really need this or want this. If we have to budge, we will because we're also really desperate to sell quickly. That, that's not something the seller is intending you to share with the buyer broker, but listing broker, when you come back and share it with your team members, you're sharing it with buyer brokers. So make sure you don't reveal information confidential to, to your client unless your designated broker has appointed all of those other team members to represent the seller because then and only then will they also owe a duty of confidentiality to that seller, right. right? Absolutely. One more scenario. Yep. I'm the listing broker. Sarah is my licensed assistant. Mm -hmm. Everything I know, she knows. She talks to the seller on the phone. Um, I give her my notes from my meeting with the seller. Who does Sarah represent? If technically she represents a buyer, if she provides brokerage services. And that's the argument we get into a lot. She's not mm -hmm. providing brokerage services, so she, she doesn't owe the duty of agency. How do you know that? Why not just make sure you're covered, appoint her as a representative of the seller and not worry about it? Why do I have a licensed assistant if she's not going to be providing licensed activities? Exactly. Right. And so maybe there are some circumstances where licensed assistants provide service that isn't But why licensed. risk it? But, but why risk it when there's a form for that, exactly. right? The form is so easy. Yep. So yes, listing brokers, if you have a licensed assistant, you should ask as a matter of course for your designated broker to make an appointment of sub-agency to your listing to your licensed assistant. Why? Because then your licensed assistant is bound by law to not disclose the seller's confidential information just like you are, just like your designated broker is. That it's, makes me think of one other form too. What's that? That we don't see used often enough, and that's the disclosure of, of licensee, the disclosure of another agent uh, in a transaction. 
So there's only one spot on the purchase and sale agreement to put an agent. And if you have a licensed assistant, they're another licensee involved in the transaction and should be disclosed. So here's the test, because we weren't planning on talking about that form. You know the form number? I want to say 47, but that might... Oh, I think it's 42. 42. I think it's 42A. 47th seller representation agreement. So. Yeah, I'm, I think it's 42A, but I'm not convinced. I'm not certain of that either. So this is the little game that you guys are. We just set you <laughs> up for a game. You're going to have to solve your own, the old, your own, uh, answer the question for us. That's right. Um, but, but Camden is right. What he's referring to is an addendum to a purchase and sale agreement that just all it does is expand the space for the agency disclosure. So if there is more than one broker representing the buyer or representing the seller, this additional form, and I think it's 42A, but I couldn't swear to that, um, provides extra space for you to identify the name of the broker and who they're representing in this addendum. Absolutely. So that everybody knows who all of the brokers are providing real estate brokerage services in this agreement. And again, remember, compensation is handled separately. Compensation is not identified in any of these forms, so. Compensation, credit in the whatever MLS of who's, it's all handled separately from the who represents who according right. to the license law. Right, the agency disclosure is disclosure to the parties as to who's providing real estate brokerage services in that transaction and who they represent. Anything else? I think that's it. If you have questions on this topic, and this has been a big topic, but if you have questions on this topic or any other, please visit warealtor.org, follow the links to the legal hotline, and ask me a question. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member.